Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Hello, hello. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. What's going on? Taylor Bradley, what's going on? What's up? <laughs> I don't know why I got so broski. It was just by you did. I don't, I had to match your energy. <laughs> it's too funny. Okay. So I'm super excited about this particular subject because it came from our last one, which was the how to be an assertive recruiter. So what we're going to talk about today is how to give candidates constructive criticism in order to pass all of the interviews. I love this. I've got some battle stories here, and I like that we are unfiltered because this is that moment. All the teeth. This is that moment. <laughs> okay, so let's just get right in. Start with some of your battle stories. Well, first, like, let's not forget your broke to boss tip. You're going to just, poof, give them a um, yeah. Oh, well, our listeners already know that. Mm-hmm. By the right. end of this, I'm going to hit them with a broke to boss tip, but they know they want to hear these ratchet stories that you had. Ratchet. Oh, my God. That's like one of the worst words. <laughs> uh, you can edit that out and put a different one if there needs to be a different word. But I, let's hear the, the shit show stories. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. So I think communication is a biggie, right? Yeah. Um, and so back in the day, they didn't say communication skills. They just said, hey, I don't like this person has too thick of an accent or this per- it's like whoa 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 there is all sorts of illegal going on here that is communication <laughs> okay oh my god so that first and foremost that might go yeah we're in trouble that might go with the hiring manager issue but it's like yeah how do you call up somebody and say yeah your um your accent's really thick and the hiring manager is having a hard time understanding you they actually wanted us verbatim to tell that candidate that so, yeah, give us all the stories. So, like, okay. what did you do? <laughs> yeah, because I have so many questions about what did you do? How did you handle this? How, what did you say the hiring manager? Yeah, so get into all of it. Yeah, so it, my thing is, is like, yeah, when it gets really difficult like that and you're it's absolutely, like, an illegal thing to say to somebody, first yeah. and foremost, it's rude. Like, there's so many reasons why that's not okay. Uh, but, yeah, so it comes down to communication. So what I would just say would be like, hey, do me a favor. We had a couple of complaints and I never say that it was from them because I think that people get too much in their head. I think there's too much anxiety going on in interviews. I said, hey, last week we had a candidate. Um, they were in kind of a noisy place. The hiring manager had a hard time understanding them um, and or they spoke they spoke a little too fast. So it's really important to you know slow down, enunciate and make sure that you guys are on the same page because I know that the hiring manager really appreciates that. Got it. Okay. That's how I had to roll with that. I was writing down some questions. So do you think giving feedback on an accent is different mm-hmm. than giving feedback to an all to a candidate? Then is different than giving feedback to somebody for maybe talking too fast? Like, you, hey, you need to slow down when you're talking. I know it's like nerves uh-huh. are going, but do you think the two differ? I do. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's like two completely separate things. Like I talk very, very fast. Like I, and I have been told to slow down. And I've noticed myself because I am aware of that I do it. And so I remember being on the phone with someone and the, and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, fellow recruiter. And I was like, 
I was like really thrown back. I was like, hey, what's up? He was like, I can tell you've been doing this for a long time. You talk really fast. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. And I will also slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've always gotten that I talk really fast too. And so I'll, sometimes I'll have to be like, and start over and talk. I mean, our listeners are sitting here like, yeah, you, you bitches both talk like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think it's completely different to give the feedback to somebody that your accent's too thick and then the feedback like you need to slow down talking. So there, with regards to hiring managers and the constructive criticism that I would be willing to give to candidates, a thousand percent like you need to slow down when you're speaking or even if they're talking too slow or too soft. Because I, yeah, uh -huh. I was actually around somebody this past weekend for dinner and we were just at one of those long dining tables. It was a group of couples and the guy directly across from me is trying to talk to me and we're in a restaurant, but it's not like a, it's not, it's five o'clock dinner, right? Like senior citizen <laughs> time. Did you so, get a discount for that? It's not, <laughs> we did not, but it's not popping off in there is my point. Right, like, right, it's right. not yeah. super loud. And he talks so slow that I was like, huh? You know, I kept, and he's directly across from me at a table. And I was like, oh my God, this is painful, you know, because I kept having to ask him like, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Can you say that again? And that's, no one wants to have to be that person. Mm -hmm. So just for people that talk soft, if you know, on the receiving end of it, the the rest of us, nobody wants to have to, can you talk a little bit louder? It just also feels uncomfortable for us too. And I will say that's not typically the norm. It's most people talk too fast in interviews, but um, talking with an accent, that's not something that I would be willing to go. And like, I, I really just feel like, but I also understand if there's just such a breakdown of communication between yeah. the person that is going to be managing this person directly and they just both on both sides feel like they can't understand each other. You know, what do you do there? Yeah. So as a recruiter, too, it's like as you're on the phone with someone who doesn't have the best communication skills, I also think that you have to pass that forward and uh, to the hiring manager as well. I'd be like, hey, look, on paper, this person's great. They're already had some struggles, um, you know, in order like as, as we're speaking in order to have like our communication skills are a little bit different. Um, but I think there can still really be a great fit for you. Yeah, but it's, I mean, trust me, it is hard because you want to just get to it and say what you need to say, but it's not okay. You know, that's where the whole biases come creeping in. Um, yeah, which is like well, its own separate. Okay, so let's get into this. And it's not related to candidates, same but different. But um, what about working with clients that where there is a language barrier and there's a language barrier between your recruiter and the client and therefore, you know, is inevitable there's going to be one with anybody that they interview and what impacts will that have on the interview process? So what do you do there? Yeah. So it's like the elephants in the room and no one wants to say anything because it's like, how, what do you mean? Like, how do you, how do you change that? Right? Yeah. So um, what I try to do is then go like, okay, how can we communicate? Is our communication better via email? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Is our communication uh, better via like voice messages? So I basically try to I, I will tell the recruiter, hey, let's figure out how this person communicates well, how how we can really come together. And then that's what we're going to do is be like, hey, you know what? I found that we can communicate better via email. So let's just switch to email. And by all means, we can hop on the phone or, hey, you know what? I feel like I need to do video with you as opposed to just being on the phone. I think that we can be more in the present together. I think there's all sorts of different ways you can say it without being like, I cannot understand you. OK, so with for me, having an approach, and I want to, I definitely want to get your thoughts on this, um, with a client that um, either I'm going to have a conversation with, or we could say I've had a conversation with, um, mm -hmm. that 
we can't it's there's really a struggle to understand this individual and then also the candidates are struggling to understand them so they would be working with him directly and reporting to him and obviously have some concerns with that with not being able to directly really communicate with the person that they'd work for um and so my recommendation to this hiring manager is going to be well i have to give you this feedback but also can we bring somebody else in the interview so not uh, and not operating so much as a panel, you know, I want it, I would want that to be clear that it's different, but more to help you drive your points home, you know, because I definitely feel like there's no way a candidate is going to sign up to work for somebody that they can't understand w- that will directly manage them. Mm-hmm. Like if you and I couldn't communicate whenever you first interviewed me or and, and we were first talking about this role, there's no way that I would have accepted it because. I just feel like there's you're on two different planets. If you can't communicate with each other, yeah, it's never going to work. And so that's where it's like it is. Sometimes you do have to say that. Sometimes you do have to give that feedback. And with regards to hiring managers, I mean, with candidates, I don't know that there's anything a candidate can do if that's the way that they speak. But with a hiring manager, maybe bringing else somebody like bringing somebody else in that could help out with driving the point home. And then also, I feel like we can say to hiring managers. It's it's going to be real struggle for for Joe, you and Sally to communicate um, because she's really struggling to understand. So is could she have a dotted line to James to report mm-hmm. you like there's got to be something. But I feel like with hiring managers, I'm more inclined to give that feedback about with regards to their communication and accents than I am to, to candidates. Does that make sense? Yeah, that I mean, that, that is true, because lots of times you'll have other areas of opportunity internally. Um, as an external mindset, um, I what I what we would do is we would match them up. So if someone's from somewhere in particular, we would go find candidates that were from that particular place. Um, that's how we would go about that. The issue there is there's not going to be a lot of diversity, but there's all sorts of other diversity, you know, that you could have in an organization. Yeah, but what if they're all going to report to the same guy? So you got to find right. like accounting and finance. You got to find marketing. You got to find all these different people. That right? Wow. Yeah. So you that just niche down your search even that much more. Yeah, no, yeah. It's not best practice. <laughs> and like I said, as an external, you get away with some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's not best practice. That's difficult. Um, I think recommending coaching to the hiring manager too. Like that, it, that may sound, and that, I mean, I would love our listeners to weigh in on this if that sounds offensive. But like, if you're going to work with people in a certain country that you don't live in where that language isn't, it's not your first language, and if that's going to be an obstacle to you bringing in top tier talent because they're literally declining to move forward in the process, it's happening. It's a fact. Is that fair to say, you know, some coaching or is there what can we do here? Because I think so they have to work on it. Yeah, that's really interesting because it goes to like, you know, the self-awareness, right? Yeah. So it's difficult if someone's not self-aware, but you got to think like, hey, if someone's a tyrant, you know, if someone's being an asshole, which we've I, that happens a lot. That's its own separate thing. I've even had candidates like that that I, you had to talk to and tell like, hey, you better like shape up or ship out. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think it's because the what makes it very, very heavy is to talk about someone's accent communication skills. Sure. I think that is it's because it feels it's it's there's nothing more personal. But when you think about it, someone's actually personality also is very personal. But yet we yeah. we attack those things. So um, true. and we do say you have to get coaching. You have to do this. Yeah. So it's really interesting, actually. Um it's, it, that's where the feelings come in. I know we always yeah. talk about, you know, yeah. feelings are not facts, right? But there's emotion everywhere and we're human and you can't be human without it. So yeah, it's it's difficult. I think that the, so, I, 
yeah, in summary, I was going to say I would I would give a hiring manager different feedback than I would give a candidate. And that may not feel fair, but I'm just sitting here and that's my self-awareness of like, look, I I feel like no job is going to get filled if he, this what we have a, a one person that nobody can understand. And if if there is other people we can bring into the process, because obviously you're hired to do a job. You want to bring in the best candidates and the best talent possible for that hiring manager. And if that's an obstacle that you're not going to be able to overcome, but it's so far beyond even the interview process. Like, okay, so once, if we figure out a solution or a workaround for the interview process, what are they going to do once they get hired? Well, how are we going to help you guys communicate effectively? True. Yeah, true. It has longer lasting um, results or problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. So, okay. So what else have you had to deal with candidates like that? You've had to like, hey, I got to give you this feedback. How else have you done that? Give me a battle story. Well, with candidates, I mean, I've had to tell candidates and I'm thinking back on some of the craziest shit. Like I've had to tell candidates before with regards to like what you need to wear. You know, you can't wear like a wife beater basketball shorts to an interview or even a video interview. But um, with the things that they talk about, like I've even had candidates say inappropriate things. I've had candidates say things with regards to people's accent or make assumptions about where they're from, where you're like, oh my God, no, that person's not from there. That's not like, and saying it to them. Um, another horror story that I've had that is like just a known, uh, just a horror story in life. You're a woman, you'll get this. But um, what are you do? And the person's not pregnant. And asking the hiring manager that. And so it's like, but just try, they're trying to be nice, right? You know, and you have to really look at the intent. And the hiring manager was so pissed pissed off about it. And I was like, I understand that, but I also don't because, you know, having been pregnant before and stuff and also, I I don't know, I just wouldn't get offended by that if someone said that to me because they're trying to wish you well. I could see absolutely where it is offensive, but I also am like, okay, somebody look at what their intent was. Their intent was to try to say something nice. And so, yes, it may have completely failed because you ended up you're not pregnant at all. And it was like insert foot in mouth. But I mean, the intent. And so that's where I had to talk to that hiring manager about like, look, I understand how that would be offensive. And then you let the candidate know, okay, can't say things like you don't make assumptions about people being pregnant. Don't make assumptions about religion. Don't do any of that stuff. But I've had a lot of horror stories with regards to things that people say. And you just have to coach the candidates to say to, but they always it's always like I didn't know what I didn't know you know like they did yeah. they weren't trying to say something to offend them you know it was just like it ended up happening um the language one I've dealt with more um the the language one specifically that I've dealt with was more and I, I feel like I can say this because I'm from specifically born in East Texas but um East Texas like sometimes the Texan language is it's just so thick that it sounds like they're almost like chewing on the inside of their mouth when they're talking and so I've actually had to give that feedback. Like you've, we've got to articulate a little bit. They're just really struggling to understand you. I'm a Texan. Look, I get it. Sometimes our accents can be difficult to understand, but slow down and you've got to actually like enunciate your words. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've given feedback like that before because I, and the person wasn't offended at all. You know, they wanted the job. They're like, okay, sure. Totally understand. And then when they met in person, it was a great and even better experience, you know, but over the phone, it can happen. Things get muffled. I don't know. You know, I operate under transparent, like be as transparent as possible, obviously without offending people. But I think you got to do what's in the best interest of the candidate. And if nobody can understand them, they're not going to get a job offer that way. If nobody can understand the hiring manager, no candidate is going to want to work with you. So I had something I want to know how you would handle this. Um, I had already given the offer out. Okay. The guy was the candidate was a total ass wipe. Okay. There's no better way to say that. (laughs) 
he was such a jerk. And he wasn't just a jerk to me. He was starting to be a jerk to also the internal recruiters as well. Um, not to the hiring managers, but, you know, what if for whatever reason, they think that it's OK to be assholes to recruiters. So the recruiter said, look, I'm just going to tell you because I don't know how else to do this. But your candidate has been such a jerk to me that I think I need to now rescind his offer and let the hiring manager know, like, if they're being a jerk to me, like, I just don't want them in this organization. Mm-hmm. I was like, hold up, hold up. Let me see what I can do. What would you have done? What would you have told the candidate? OK, so I would a couple questions. Were they a jerk the entire time before we got to the point of offer? Off and on. It was like one day they'd wake up and they were a jerk. The next day they were fine. Okay. Because like my first question to that would be if the internal recruiters and external recruiters both had the same experience, this person was an asshole. Did we not know they were an asshole before we got to the point of even offering them? Well, so this was quite a few years ago. And I think that then we just were used to people treating us like shit a lot of times, like recruiters. It was just like, mm-hmm. really, just not that important. I think now, finally, we're becoming more and more respected and important. But I think it was just one of those times where I was like, yeah, you know what? I can't have my relationship with the candidate interfere with them getting a job and being really great, you know, for yeah. this company because my feelings shouldn't matter. I put my feelings aside lots of time, which is crazy. Yeah, but if it's multiple people, too, if it's not like an isolated incident, like we have one of those that we can attest to and with the Millionaire Recruiter Program, that somebody that was just nasty from interaction one and then it it just, yeah. So I think that there's a theme there. So I think if somebody, if every single one of you had had bad experiences with that individual, then like that's when the red flags look like six flags. Like that's the person that they are. Um, but then my second question for you is like, you said that they're an asshole, but what ways were they an ass? Like, what were they doing? Uh, we caught them in several lies. Um, and I know that people lie about their salary, but we caught them in lies that they had offers with companies. Again, a negotiating tactic, but it goes to their character. Um, they would, uh, one time he hung up on somebody. Um, the other time when you called, they would just, he was just really, really rude. Um, and it's like, didn't we already get this? Didn't we already talk about this? Like, what's the problem? Like, I just want to deal with the company, you know? So like, we definitely knew there were some times that it was like, okay, let me just talk to the hiring manager. And all everybody loved this guy, by the way. It was just us recruiters that knew better because mm-hmm. that he was an asshole to us. So what are you going to tell the candidate? Because obviously you still want to make the deal, right? So how are you going to get that then by? I just, or kind of that time where you, you pull it, where you're like, you know what? Not worth it pulling. I think... For me, what I would do is I would suss out, like, do I have to have any interactions with this person? Like, based on the role that they're being hired into, am I going to have to work with them? Are the recruiters going to, is anybody going to have to work with them? Are they going to end up being a hiring manager? Like, I would ask myself, like, how this impacts, if I'm the recruiter, how this impacts me and the team. Because if this person is completely different with the hiring team and they're showing a completely different side, okay, well, that also gives you a lot of um, indication about how they feel, um, towards people that they feel are inferior to them, mm-hmm. which we've I've seen that happen a lot in recruiting. Like, oh, okay, you guys are just recruiters. They may be, some of them may not even be like hiring for management or senior level roles. They're just like, uh, you're a recruiter, so I'm automatically better than you. It's definitely a good indication of how they'll, they'll feel, how they will treat people they feel are inferior to them, regardless if it's a recruiter or not. So if they end up managing a team, I would think about all those things. Like, are they going to manage a team and are they going to be a hiring manager? And are they going to have people working for them that are going to just be degraded and belittled? Are we going to have to work with them again? Like, I would ask myself all those questions. But if they're going to be, hypothetically, if they're an engineer going to work for an engineering manager 
by themselves, like not on a team with anybody else, mm-hmm. then I think that could be a different scenario. But I think if they have to interact with people, I think that you got to share that feedback. And I think probably regardless, I would tell the hiring manager anyway, like, hey, I just want to put this on your radar that we've had some of these. Here's been some of the things that have transpired. Like, I think giving them the information, I wouldn't say he's been an asshole. I wouldn't say that. I would give the instance of, well, he hung up on somebody here. Um, and I would just make sure that they understand fully who they're hiring. Because I also feel like as recruiters, it's your job to give all the information that you can on a candidate because everybody's making a decision off of brief interactions with this person. So True. if you've got one that set the scene or set the tone of like, okay, this is who this person is. I think it's your job to paint that full picture. Um, I think as far as recommending if they moved forward or not in the process, that's where I go back to like how that would affect me. Are they going to be managing people? Are they going to be working like in a basement alone? You know? Yeah. So now let's say you've already decided like they want to take the risk. They understand his personality. So now you need to make sure that he understands this feedback and moves forward. So how are you going to tell the candidate that he's a dick? Oh, my God. I get like excited about that conversation. (laughs) I would get like. I would get excited to have that. If this person's been a dick and been hanging up on you and been hanging up on other and been an asshole and you get the go ahead, like, hey, we want to bring them on as long as you address it the way they've been behaving or treating people with them beforehand. That would actually excite me to, to talk to somebody about that. It's not this is not isolated feedback. It's not your feedback. They've met with different people. And I feel like there's also strength in numbers with feedback with regards to people like that that you're describing. I'm like, they need to hear from multiple people and some one of those people has to be somebody that they respect. So probably the hiring manager. So I would try that first. I would try to give them the feedback. If I felt like that didn't really land or that didn't really work or they did, they weren't really receptive of it, I would go have that conversation with the hiring manager because I'm assuming at this point the person's looped in, the hiring manager knows and is like, yeah, we'll bring them on board, just address how they behaved and um, let us know how it goes and we still will move forward with them. I would make sure I gave the hiring manager all the information, and then they could determine how they would want to move forward. But then at that point, I would also recommend that they had a conversation with them about the way that they were acting. I think the hiring manager needs to address that at that point, because I think it's fair to say to the hiring manager too, like if this person becomes a hiring manager and we have to work with them in the way they've treated the team, or how are they going to treat their own team members if they end up having people report to them? I think it's the hiring manager also needs to address it with them at that point if you do it and it's not landing and they're not like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry or whatever. Yeah. So here's what happened. OK, so um, what so the hiring manager did not know um, at all. The recruiter did not want to loop them in. Um, not my decision. That's that she was internal. Yeah. External. So yeah. those things. Right. So I said, OK, fine. Let me call him. So I talked to him and I said, hey, I just want to let you know that you're being very disrespectful to a couple of the team members and we're considering um, on no longer taking away your offer and no longer, you know, joining next company. And he was like insanely apologetic, like insanely. I said, you need to make this right. Um, And and I was like, by the way, you will because they were going to be a hiring manager eventually. He was really senior and he was going to go that path. I said, and by the way, this person will be your internal recruiter. So it's really important that you guys have a good relationship because this isn't going very well. It's not going to be a good place for either of you to work. And so very apologetic, get off the phone. And I have a few friends in recruiting, right, that I didn't work with and um, gets a call and be like, I have a battle story to tell you. And so anyways, was talking about this guy. So we caught him in another lie. And so I ended up calling the company. I said, 
I had a great conversation, but I think you should still pull the offer. I think you're going to get in a lot of trouble if you don't if you don't wave some flags right now. And so we ended up going against. We pulled his offer. He called and called and called, apologized. The guy wouldn't leave us alone for like three weeks and had his little tail in between. And I felt great about it ever since. That's his karma. <laughs> so, yep. So we did give feedback. We did still try to move forward. And then we ended up pulling it. But yeah, to go back to what you would have done, it's like we should have done that, you know, before. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like as a recruiter, you're trying to have your candidate pass that's like the whole point. They want this job. The hiring manager wants these people. So it really is up to us to like make things rosy on both sides because totally. there's lots of lots of times where like candidates also hate this person, that hiring manager. Like there's so many things behind the scenes. I, I like to look at it as um, we're like, uh, what's it called? A wedding coordinator. We're like a wedding coordinator. Yeah. We're 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 tr- we're doing all these things behind the scenes. We're making sure everything's great. We're making sure this aunt's not talking to that aunt, you know. But that's that's what a recruiter does, and I don't yeah. think like a lot of people understand that, you know. So it's like we have to say, hey, so and so, I know you're long winded. No, we're not going to say that. We're going to be like, hey, you know what? If you could, this hiring manager really likes you to get straight to the point, and people that don't, you know, doesn't really do well during an interview, you know. Yeah. Like I'm. I just think it's a rule of thumb. Like we're, I'm just listening to us talk. We're like hiring managers. We have examples of those where they've been assholes. Candidates been assholes. I don't, it's and maybe that's our broke to boss tip. It's just treat others how you want to be treated. Would you want a manager that's an absolute asshole? Like if you're a manager and you're acting like this, would you want a manager that's an absolute asshole? Like or somebody that is just awful to work with? Candidates. I mean, er, yeah, candidates. I guess like from a recruiter standpoint, we are the gatekeepers. And so, yes, we want to get you hired as externals. We get paid if we do as internals. Obviously, you know, there's a salary, but you get bonuses. Stuff You have to get a certain number of hires. There's still performance metrics internally as well. And so ultimately, everybody wants the candidate and benefits from the candidate moving forward. So it takes a lot for a recruiter to pull somebody out and rescind the offer, internal or external. It takes a lot. And so I think it's just treat others how you want to be treated. It's really, really not that hard, you know, and if he was so apologetic, it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's bullshit is what you know it is. Because if other people had those same experiences with him in your recruiter world, that's just who that person is. And he's not going to change because of this job offer. What he probably would have done is accepted it and then made that re- internal recruiter's life absolute living fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, actually, I, I want to look this person up at this moment and be like, where did this guy person go? <laughs> yeah. I, do, I just think it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I think what boils down to with the constructive criticism you have to give the constructive criticism to the hiring managers you have to give it to the candidates that is part of your job as a recruiter you owe it to everybody involved to do that and even if it sucks sometimes having to pull a candidate out absolutely but i guarantee you that that company probably respected your recruiter or you or whoever it was doing it a lot more for even though it would have been a transaction you would have made money off of hey, this guy, he, it, this isn't going to be a good fit for you guys. I think he'll just cause a lot of problems for you in the long run. Because at that point, it's not just on you. Like, he's passed series of interviews with their person. Serious, which is crazy, yeah. But So then it's not on you anymore. Yeah, I also think, and again, it's, I only have my engineering lens, so it's, like, difficult. Yeah. So I'd love your thoughts here. But, like, because there are, so, there's, like, such a drought in engineering, in software, and it's like these particular roles just really move the needle for companies. Mm-hmm. They're doing equity. They like, here's the red carpet, like all those things. It's like they're the celebrities sometimes of these companies. 
And it's like they just make exception after exception because to your point earlier is like a lot of these these roles, you're just like, you know, you're like a code monkey. Your head's down and you're like, yeah, you know, um, I hate that term, God, but companies just use it all the time. Uh, but yeah, but that's like they're not really having interaction with people. So a lot of time it doesn't matter. It's just they're just coding out this one project that's going to make them hundreds of millions of dollars a company. So, yeah, they yeah. make exceptions all the time. Well, and I think, too, it was all about like how you recover from it. So I think in this case, if you didn't have that additional feedback that you did from other recruiters that this guy is just a nightmare, like if it was truly an isolated incident, but he's going through some shit, it's been a hard month. So everybody that he's talked to this last month has left with fucking road rash all over him because he's just, you know, then I think it could be a different story. Like if he had said, and you'd never heard that additional feedback from your recruiters and he was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And sends a like calls and sends an email apologizing to the recruiter, apologizing to you. Every single person that he impacted apologizing doesn't have to be told to do it. I think it's all about the way you handle it too. Like you guys probably would have moved forward with him if you didn't have that additional feedback. Like, no, no, no. He treats everyone like this. This is yeah. who it is. Yeah. So. That's a smitty senses. So yeah. First of all, for our listeners, sorry, our battle stories turned into more battle stories, but yeah. <laughs> but Taylor's tip at the end was really like, look, we have to take the feedback. We have to give it to them because if you don't, like it, they're going to keep failing interview after interview and interview. It's not just that isolated, you know, client that, yeah, of course we want to, like we said, regardless of your internal, external, you have metrics and you have money you have to make. Right. Um, but it's like, this affects their whole livelihood. And I hope that as a recruiter, you understand that and you see that. And which is exactly why I really believe in feedback, even after someone's failed an interview. I yes. It's really important. Like that's, again, it's own separate beast, but it's like, it's so important for everybody in this situation. And I think people, we've talked about it before, people avoid giving feedback because they avoid conflict and they view, they view every conversation as confrontation. Mm -hmm. But I think recruiters need to have, have the mindset and the perspective. It is your job to give feedback, the good, the bad, the ugly. That is part of our job as recruiters. Yeah. And there's so, nice ways to spin things. Absolutely. So have it with a lollipop. Yes. <laughs> There's, you can absolutely get your point across without having to be nasty about it. I a thousand percent agree. And now how that person receives it, that'll just all depend on their emotional maturity, which is not something that you can dictate or determine. But I think how they recover from it, I think that's the real tell of their character. Yeah. Emotional maturity. Let's drop the mic on that because that's very, I, you don't hear that very often, that phrase. I love no. that. Emotional maturity. Every, that's our, everybody needs to Google that and like. <sighs> And I was like, how can we talk about this more? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, I'm going to write it down and we'll think of a subject like that goes with that. There's a million. I mean, we have a million stories that we could tell about it, but emotional maturity is really, really important. Yeah, it's like, how do you get there? Because I talk a lot about emotional intelligence and that's its own separate ballgame. But I mean, it just obviously relates a lot. But yeah, how do you get emotional maturity? Boom. Love it. Episode. Episode. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Again, you could see this on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube. Um, all of our, you know, eye rolls, our hand movement, dancing. These are long for Lincoln. This is for Lincoln. Can't even your arms. Can't even fit in the screen. Inside joke. But thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we appreciate your feedback, reviews comments if there's something you'd like us to discuss if you have another question um just like that uh, the last episode we did where somebody wrote us with a question and we talked about it please do that we love that actually mm -hmm. it excites us all right yeah thanks y'all